calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Welcome to this Take 15 interview from CFA Institute. I'm Dave Larrabee, and I'm joined by John Wilson, John's Head of Corporate Governance, Engagement, and Research at Cornerstone Capital Group. His team publishes equity research, which integrates environmental, social, and governance, or ESG, factors. John, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, John, what's the business case for ESG investing? Is it additive to returns? Uh, we believe that it is additive to returns over the long term. So what we, we think about um, sustainability as a lens through which to look at company operations and governance. The fact is, is that about 80% of, of value of corporations is in intangible assets. Those intangible assets, really, we look at them as the relationships that the companies have with their stakeholders, with their customers, with their employers, with their suppliers. Companies that manage those, um, those, uh, those relationships over time, we believe will do better. And understanding uh, how the company is managing those relationships may give us a sense of how well governed the company is. Okay, great. Now, how do you go about integrating ESG principles into your team's investing process? Sure. Well, we, um, when we're doing uh, thematic research, which is what, how we do things, um, we look at, first of all, we look at the drivers of societal change that the company may be facing, whether it's inequality, whether it's climate change. Uh, these uh, issues may have a material impact on companies over the long term. Um, we're looking for essentially coming inflection points where uh, suddenly issues that may be important to stakeholders become important for companies as well. And we look particularly at technological changes, regulatory changes, consumer changes, all of those sorts of things, different expectations that consumers or other stakeholders may have, and anticipate how well the company will be able to, to, um, uh, to respond to those factors. Mm -hmm. Now, ESG investing is often promoted as a, a long-term investing strategy. Mm -hmm. um, so do portfolios that are managed according to ESG principles typically have lower turnover? They might, and especially if you're talking specifically about actively managed equity portfolios, I don't know that we have data on that, but I think intuitively that makes sense. Um, but reality is, is that any asset class or any style that you can imagine, there is an ESG version of it, and you should be able to invest according to the styles that, you, that are best for your portfolio. You do need to be concerned about style drift, and that's something that you have to attend to when doing this kind of investing. Um, for example, uh, larger companies tend to have better ESG policies than smaller ones, and so there might be some style drift there. Uh, in, in the past, we, uh, we found that, um, uh, that tech companies tended to have uh, look better from an ESG perspective than resource-intensive companies or extractive companies. So there's these kinds of things that you have to consider, uh, duration of, of investment being one, but uh, there's no reason why you can't have a portfolio that looks exactly like your non-ESG portfolio. Mm -hmm. Um, so ESG assets have grown pretty dramatically uh, recently. Um, where's the growth coming from, both demographically and geographically? 
Well, the, the typical answers are, you know, millennials, right, uh, and Europe. Those are the two answers that most people would give. I think those, there's some truth to that. But in fact, what we're finding is that across geographies and across, um, you know, different demographic groups, there's an increasing interest in ESG. So what I think is actually happening is, is that the times that we're living in are changing. So people saw the financial crisis and recognized that there was, there was something to this idea that investing according to impact was important. Uh, we, we also see that the, the number of products and services that are available to invest in ESG have grown in number and in sophistication. So you can invest across your entire portfolio uh, according to ESG and not suffer any kind of loss of performance. And so that makes it easier for people to make that decision. So what we're seeing is people who are younger, but old, also older people, are starting to recognize the value of this kind of investment. Mm -hmm. How about developed markets versus emerging markets? What's any distinction there? Well, it's an interesting question uh, because developed markets, obviously you have better information about ESG. There's more, the companies are a bit more, for the most part, more, uh, more advanced in, uh, in, in these um, uh, areas. Uh, on the other hand, in emerging markets, obviously governance is an important factor and social issues may, may drive performance uh, to a great degree. So there are actually great opportunities in emerging markets, even though it may be easier to invest in developed markets. And uh, now what markets present the biggest challenges um, for people who are espousing ESG investing? Right. I would say um, alternatives are the most difficult, um, specifically because of the issue of transparency, right? You don't often know what's in the portfolios of these, uh, these types of vehicles. And in particularly, hedge funds are the most challenging because oftentimes many hedge fund strategies just don't lend itself to kind of an ESG approach. On the other hand, alternatives may offer the greatest opportunity uh, because you have, so, for example, private equity have so much control over the companies, uh, more so than you would in the public markets, and so there's actually more opportunity to affect change, but the issue is trying to, as an investor, making sure that that's actually happening in the portfolio. Mm -hmm. And then finally, what about disclosure? What progress has been made in terms of improving and standardizing ESG-related disclosure? Yeah, sure. So, well, over the last 10 or 20 years, you've seen an explosion in the amount of information uh, that's available on this. So, in 2000, almost no company reported on ESG. Today, over 5,000 companies have sustainability reports. And these sustainability reports have grown from glossy brochures to very large tomes in some cases. So, the quantity of information has increased dramatically. The trend that we're seeing now is an increase in quality and companies looking at the material issues that will actually drive performance over the long term and actually help investors making good decisions. So in some cases, less may be more uh, if it's the right kind of information. Mm -hmm. Well, that's encouraging. John, thanks for sharing your insights with us today, and thank you for watching. Copyright 2018, CFA Institute, all rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.